and welcome to another episode of the Punk Priestess Podcast. I'm your host, Majori, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with one of my New York City friends, Crystal. She is a tarot practitioner and alchemist. She blends oils, herbs, and other tools with the power of intention and spirituality through her Botanica Ultra Magica. She is also a writer and poet, specializing in poetry, spirituality, sexuality, and death. And best of all, she is a dreamer just like all of you. She does her dream interpretations and conducts weekly readings for the collective on her YouTube channel, Pillow Talk, the night reading for dreamers. And Krista encourages you to find your inner voice and honor your divine path through dialogue, counseling, and the use of ritual tools. So, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm Majori. I am doing well. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And Krista and I, we met a couple years ago. It was like a really cool story. So we met at Catland. It's this um, like witch shop in Brooklyn. And we were there for the Spoilia tarot deck release, right? Pam Grossman was Pam also Grossman. there. Yes, yeah, On I her know. book tour. Yes, on her book tour um, and Waking the Witch. For her book and that was just such a cool event like that was like probably one of the most awesome events i've ever been to mm-hmm. um and then yeah afterwards i don't even remember how it started we just started <laughs> you just started talking <laughs> girl so i i love this story so much because i went to this event at catland with a specific atten- intention to speak with people like mm-hmm. not only did i want to see pam grossman because i'm a huge fan of her of her podcast, Waking the Witch. But in addition, I was kind of like on my own spiritual journey. I would say it was kind of like at the beginning, not really beginning, but kind of Mm -hmm. like the beginning of me being outward about my practice. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to find friends and I want to do what Pam Grossman talks about in her podcast, which is reach out and see, you know, what other practitioners are out there. The reason why I love this story so much is because I literally like arrived at Catland maybe an hour before the event started. So I ended up going to the bar down the block to wait it out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to people, but I'm nervous. Let me just have a wine glass mm-hmm. or something to calm my nerves. And I did that. And then I um, went to Catland and I just started talking to people. Um, and it's interesting because like, I'm, I'm very much a social person. I don't have a problem talking to people, but at that time I was just so afraid because I was talking to folks who were like me or who mm-hmm. I considered witches or who were into the craft. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I was kind of like in the shadows at that point. Um, so when I met you, um, I honestly don't remember too much of how I like came up to you, but I was like, hey, most likely. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, how did you like the event? And then um, from then on, I wanted to kind of connect with, um, kind of like create like a group of, of witches, if you will, like a group of sisters mm-hmm. that we could always come back to and, and learn more from. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. And like, um, I remember I was with my friend Brittany too. And I, I think she was the one who's maybe talking to you and I came over because I was like talking, I think, to Jessa. And um, yeah, I just remember like, it was just so much fun. And we're like talking about like our top three, which actually, what are your top three? <laughs> I am a Taurus uh, sun. I am a Cancer moon and a Leo rising. 
Awesome. Yeah. I remember like some of that fire energy, but yeah, it was just such a cool night. And then since that day, um, we just like had the group coven texts and we would hang out. Like you would host the best <laughs> little like, like witch um, parties. And it was just really cool. One thing that really stands out to me was the facts. When I was speaking with you, you actually handed me your business card. And I was like, wow, look at this bitch slash witch <laughs> handing me this business card and look how cool it is like it was very like the texture was great like it was a very i'm not sure if you've seen the movie american psycho but i never saw it oh you have to see it well in the movie um the main character is like really analyzing like this business card and like talking about how his other colleagues with business cards are better than his like the mm -hmm. texture the way whatever. The point is you handed me this business card and I was thinking like, wow, like look at this um, girl who is into her own. She's very confident about her practice and she's doing tarot readings for people. And for me at that point, I was very much into tarot, but I was still nervous about speaking to other people about tarot, mm -hmm. or let alone read for other people. So like when you gave me that business card, it was like a kind of like a big eye opener. I was kind of like, wow, I could do this too. Mm -hmm. So I would oh, say, awesome. I think I would give you some props for that. <laughs> that's so awesome. I don't even remember giving out the business cards, which is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of um, the journey behind our friendship, which is really cool. And like, that's a day that, you know, I'll always cherish for just so many reasons. And I was also on a journey too, where I felt like I didn't have anyone really in my life that was interested in spirituality and tarot. I, I felt like a lone wolf for many years. And, you know, I would read tarot from my friends here or there, or like we would talk about astrology, like very lightly, but it was never a huge interest of theirs. So that was like, Catelyn was really a, a turning point for me because Brittany was starting to get more into tarot and um, astrology too. And that kind of segued into meeting like-minded people. So it's just really cool. And you feel less alone in this world when you bond with people who are into the same thing as you. And there's no like shame or embarrassment of doing what you love. It's just like an authentic thing. And it's just a mutual understanding that is just so precious. And I feel like really rare to come by. I love that. I echo everything that you said. And like for me, um, not only was I kind of new to this identity of, of the craft or, or the witch, you know, there's so much stigma behind that word. Mm -hmm, totally. And, you know, living with my family, I mean, honestly, that word is kind of like, once you say that out loud, they, they will either make fun of you, think you're evil, or just batshit crazy. So like, I've never had the opportunity to actually relate to someone. So when I went to Catland, I was like, this is it. It's it, I need to find my tribe. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I mean, Instagram too is a great tool, or social mm -hmm. media is a great tool to kind of find your your vibe. So if there's any listeners out there who are in a similar predicament, um, and they are looking for, for basically a group to kind of call home to. I mean, there's lots of folks out there just like you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, you don't have to go far. I mean, just follow accounts like majorities in mine. And like, <laughs> you will be introduced to all these people who are like-minded and it's great. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. And yeah. Um, and like through like being friends with you, you've really opened um, like my interest and just eyes open to different parts of witchcraft too. Cause I'm very 
crystal tarot and astrology focused and you offer something completely different and I think is super exciting and we're going to get a lot into that in this episode but um, I do want to talk about herbs and um, how that kind of started for you because that's a totally like and I have like really no background in that so kind of tell me how you got into herbs and blending oils and that kind of holistic mm-hmm. approach. Yes, I actually have a couple of things to say about that. And I actually want to bring it back to my childhood because I think who I was as a child really defines, I guess, kind of the practitioner that I am. Mm -hmm. So when I was a child, I I was a very rambunctious child. I love to explore. I love to just take things in the house um, and ascribe the meaning and put it together. So like a really great example of this, um, which I can never forget because my mom still reminds me to this day is when I was younger and I I would always take baths, I would literally just start dumping the shampoo and the Mm -hmm. conditioner. I'll say, Hey, this shampoo here is for love. This conditioner here is for money or what have you. Mm -hmm. And like, I would give it purpose and like, I would like have like a little bowl and I will just start mixing it. And my mom would get frustrated because she's like, I spent all this money on hair products and here Mm -hmm. you are dumping it down the drain. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So all this to say, like, I love working with my hands. I guess mm-hmm. it kind of, that's where it started. I love working with my hands. Um, I am also a green witch, if you will. And I mm-hmm. guess this is maybe where my uh, Taurus vibes kind of fall in. And I love mixing soil with plants and putting mm-hmm. that together. So with herbs, it was kind of like a natural transition. Um, and one more thing I actually want to add, I am so hard-headed mm-hmm. in the sense <laughs> that if I'm sick, I don't want to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a Tylenol. I kind of just want to let my body heal. Mm-hmm. So I try to look for natural alternatives to do so. And herbs is a good way to start. Certain herbs that I utilize a lot in my practice, lavender, mugwort, mm-hmm. which kind of ties into the, the dream work that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, because it definitely makes me feel very peaceful and it's used to elicit dreams. Okay. Um, Peppermint. I love peppermint. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love peppermint. Um, Not only is it used to soothe the the stomach, but it just makes me feel very alert. It brings clarity. So for me, I guess that's where I started looking at herbs. It's kind of like I want some sort of natural remedy. Mm-hmm. And then I also wanted to blend it in my um, spiritual uh, or I would say magical uses to it. Okay. I love that. And I love how you mentioned using herbs as a holistic remedy to like prescription drugs, because um, a couple years ago, I was suffering from chronic migraines and I was getting them like three to four times a week. It was just unbearable. It was interrupting my work, just like my life in general. And I went to a normal doctor and she prescribed literally four different types of medication for me. And I was like, no. And like, you read the side effects and it's like, oh, this could potentially happen and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. Um, and this is like messing with your head. This is like your brain. And I, for the first week, um, there was, a, there was different ones. Like you take one pill every single day. And there was one where you take, um, when you have like a huge migraine, it was just like 
very inconsistent in that approach too. And I remember I started taking the ones where it was like a huge migraine came on and the pills actually made me feel worse and more fuzzy. And like, I was high pretty much. And I just, after a week, I told the doctor, I'm like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to find like holistic approaches. And um, one of the remedies I found online was combining different essential oils. Like you mentioned, mugwort. Um, so it was uh, lavender, mugwort, and chamomile. And I just made a little blend of that. And that completely cured my migraines. And to this day, now a couple years um, after that incident, I barely have migraines anymore. And if I do, it's like mostly by like the menstrual cycle can kind of cause that, or it can be like severe stress, but it's totally went downhill. And I'm like so happy about that, but it just shows the magic of just taking a holistic approach and not trying to put like poison into our natural systems. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to downplay Western medicine at all. I feel like there has been great improvements and pills are definitely necessary and could possibly do a job better than an herb can. But um, I feel like during cases, I, I enjoy actually being an active participant in my own healing. So for mm-hmm. example, a pill is something that was prescribed to me by a doctor. It was made by some pharmaceutical company versus an herb where I could find out where it was grown. And now I'm going to use it to make tea and drink it the way I want to drink it with X amount of sugar or X amount of, um, the point is it's like I I'm taking control Mm -hmm. rather than just accepting a pill with whatever dosage to cure me. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah. Like taking control of your health and, you know, and it's also good too. like combining both. It's like modern medicine and as well as like holistic approaches is totally fine. You kind of have to, you know, find, you know, what works best for you and that's safe for you. Um, With herbs and blending different things together and having affirmation for different things, when did you kind of figure out that this was maybe something more magical or witchy related and kind of like coining the term witchcraft. Yeah. So for me, I did not start using the word witch or using the word witchcraft or the craft until very recently in my life. I would say that I was definitely surrounded as a young child by women in my family that were practicing in the occult that we that's what we would consider today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some exposure to it, um, but it wasn't until recently that I actually started identifying with the term. Mm-hmm. And not only did I use tools and affirmations, as you said earlier, as a way to kind of like act with intention as a child, it wasn't really until I actually got into tarot. Okay. That's what it is. That's when I got into tarot in 2015, Um, I actually bought my first tarot deck in New Orleans. And for me, it's like I wanted to basically get some sort of souvenir that would Mm -hmm. encapsulate the magic of the city of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to go to every witch shop, every voodoo shop and find it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled into this one shop and the storekeeper showed me Mm -hmm. tarot. And I was like, that's, that's it. I I have to have it. Mm -hmm. Like there was no question about it. And it kind of seemed to me like looking back that I was supposed to get tarot cards. Okay. Um, 
like something drew me like there was nothing in that city that meant anything Mm -hmm. until I got the tarot cards wow once I got that I started like dabbling into it and really bringing it into like my day-to-day practice um then I was like you know it kind of opened up a a doorway Mm -hmm. (laughs) a a portal into um the occult you know when you look at tarot you really dive deep into the symbols um and when you do so it it kind of opens up like this world of like okay maybe witchcraft like who are Mm -hmm. the people that are using tarot the most Mm -hmm. and for me I mean tarot was not something new because I have seen family members use it but to me it was definitely like a tool for like Mm self-exploration um and I would say like it definitely opened the floodgates to something more Mm -hmm. um and so what I ended up doing was going to the library while I was in law school I was definitely miserable because law school will make you miserable (laughs) and I went to the library and I got out all these books about witchcraft (laughs) (laughs) and I was like wow this is what I have been doing for the past 24 five years of my life. Mm -hmm. This is what it's called. Okay. And there was this one book in particular, um, the book opened up with this concept of walking. It was like a meditation, like you're walking Mm -hmm. into a group, like a circle, you have your eyes closed, you're walking into this circle and you see like kind of like your ancestors, the women who came before you and they're like welcoming you into like this ancestral path Mm -hmm. um, that is kind of like witchcraft and has been ingrained in our ancestry and I started to cry just reading these two Mm -hmm. pages I started to cry because I'm like wow like I felt so much love and I'm like this is what I needed Mm -hmm. this is what I needed in life to give it meaning to some extent yeah, I mean, that's like quite a journey. And I love hearing the origin story. Um, and it just shows like the how powerful tarot is as a tool of divination and how it segues into so many different other things, not only like your own self-understanding, but understanding of the world and how much uh, is involved in the making of who we are and everything else. And that's really cool that you mentioned that you've seen family members of yours use tarot cards because in my family, it's like, I was raised Catholic and um, uh, there was like rumors and um, I've heard through like many different members of my family that both of my grandparents on my mom's side, um, both of my grandmas on my, my mother's side of the family um, were very intuitively inclined, like had like a really strong sixth sense and like a connection with like some other power. And no one really, I guess, in my family took that on until I started, like the generational line kind of came. And I, I'm the first one to ever use tarot cards in my family and kind of get into that. And now they're into it. Um, but it just kind of shows like the more, I think our generation is, is through social media. And also we have Pluto and Scorpio. So like our generation, the millennial generation is kind of bringing um, witchcraft to Um, like the masses, but also just finding our own way and feeling comfortable in that. And that is something that um, I feel like in the past, like our family couldn't really feel comfortable doing that. And like, we're kind of creating that, which I think is really cool. Um, But yeah, I love that, you know, you kind of found an answer to (laughs) what you were doing all along, like that full circle moment. (laughs) 
So that's really world's cool. moment. Mm-hmm. And so how did that, like how did tarot and like the herb magic, how did that transfer to your dream work? Cause you, that's like really something that is um, you're heavy in right now. And that's, I think is super cool. And I've never seen tarot used with dream work before. So I kind of want to see how that uh, transitions. Yeah, I could talk about dreams all day, to be honest. There's just so much (laughs) to say. But my journey, I would say that I started working with dreams since the moment I was conjured in the womb. Ooh, I (laughs) love that. Seriously, I mean, we all dream. We all have the ability to dream. um, And we're dreaming as infants as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I get to like where I am now, kind of a backstory, yes. dreams are also a big deal in my family. Um, okay. And it's more in the sense that if someone dreamt of the dead, for example, a loved one that passed away, they would immediately go play that person's birth date or even death date for the lotto to see whether they would win some money. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so to my family, like, dreams um, to them kind of seems like messages, and especially if you dreamt of someone that passed away, it was kind of like a visitation mm-hmm. um, and also a message for that dreamer to, hey, go play some money. So I, I don't know how it ties in, but it does with my family. Um, and it's not uncommon. I mean, many people do find that when they dream with loved ones, for example, like that it is a visitation rather than just some nonsense that your memory or, or, or unconscious conjured up while you sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but in truth, I didn't really pay attention to dreams until the pandemic. So okay. until COVID ha- happened, I was having like intense dreams. I was feeling very mentally and emotionally drained. I was working 40 plus hours and I kind of felt stuck. So I was having like these weird dreams. So Mm -hmm. one thing that really brought me solace was just writing down my dreams and trying to decipher what they meant and also integrating them in my poetry. I love okay. to write. So this this was kind of like where I got some imagery in my poetry because I was inspired by my dreams. Mm-hmm. So at some point, something clicked. Okay. It was kind of like an invitation for me to dive deeper and kind of bring tarot into it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I find that tarot and dreams are intrinsic connected. Dreams are filled with symbols. Mm -hmm. They're filled with emotions that are very similar to tarot. Um, And there's a lot of mystery too with dreams and tarot. Mm -hmm. And despite the dream work techniques that one could utilize to understand what's going on in a, a dream, like we will never get the full picture. Like we would never fully understand a dream because the unconscious is so vast and that is where dreams are produced. So I found by mixing tarot (laughs) um, with my dreams that it kind of helped decipher this quote unquote dream language to some extent, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure you're familiar, of course, being a tarot reader yourself, that tarot utilizes archetypes and symbols too. But for me, I found that it was attainable 
and it speaks to our intuition and it also taps into our unconscious and anyone can really understand a tarot by picking it up. So marrying both tarot and dreams was kind of like a match made in heaven to me at that point. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I never, like now that you're explaining it more, I'm like, okay, wow. I never like fully grasped like how um, interconnected they are. And that is just, it's so true. And in my family, um, sometimes we'll have visitations the same night by like the same person who passed. And I think that's really cool. Was that also something where like getting these visitations and trying to decipher through tarot, was that a way for you to connect more with your loved ones that you saw in your dreams? Well, I will say that for me personally, um, this part didn't happen until recently. The part that you mentioned about using tarot to connect with a loved one, um, not until recently, until the passing of my brother, which was very close to me. So then mm -hmm. I had a, an actual connection. With my family, though, they use tarot as more like a the stereotypical, I'm going to tell your future, this is what's coming up for you kind okay. of deal. Mm -hmm. um, but with, with what I do with tarot, it's like tarot gives me an insight. You will find that dreams, honestly, if you just talk about your dreams and actually look at it, like it makes no sense at first glance. Mm -hmm. And I, will, I could give you examples on how to break it down so you could actually use it as, as a way to interpret as to what's going on. Um, but tarot kind of adds that additional steps. So think of tarot as like the translator, if you will. Mm -hmm. Let's say the dream is spoken in some foreign language and tarot is the translator. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes like dreams just literally make no sense at first glance and tarot just kind of helps you break it down so you into like little bite-sized pieces mm -hmm. that you could understand. Got it. Yes, that's really cool. And um, I know on your YouTube channel as well, every week you're doing um, your monthly, your nightly um, readings. Can you kind of tell me like how that is doing dream tarot readings for the collective? <laughs> so I actually do this now monthly and I've been so bad. I actually missed the month of March, but don't worry, <laughs> folks, I will get back and, and start again for April. The reason I wanted to do this sort of tarot reading for the collective and mixed dream in it is because I was inspired by the psychoanalyst Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. So Carl Jung um, believed that the psyche could tap into something called the collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. And it is a concept by which people are born with inherent notions of certain archetypes or symbols. Um, and if you, if you really like stop and, and, and take an understanding of that, then that means that people of various cultures throughout generations mm -hmm. could kind of like recognize similar symbols and, and archetypes despite their differences. Mm -hmm. So now take it a step further and bring in dreams. Thinking about the collective unconscious and dreams, it is to say that we are kind of impacted the same way. So as P 
people in the collective, we are going through very similar thoughts, very similar mm -hmm. patterns, very similar worries in society. And for me, um, I thought it was very important to recognize the connection, that connection within humanity mm -hmm. and focus how our dreams are being affected from those similar thoughts, problems, and worries that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. So this is where, like, I started incorporating this collective tarot reading with a twist on dreams. So I would focus on what are the collective um, energies that are coming up with the waking life of mm -hmm. someone or the dream imageries of the collective and then kind of like summarize okay given all of this information that has been played out in front of me what is the gift so how could we utilize the gift of our dreams to kind of be better humans mm -hmm. kind of taking a step back we don't exist in a vacuum as much as i am an introvert i am also an extrovert we don't exist in a vacuum and society plays a huge role into um, our development. Mm -hmm. um, and if you think about it that way, I'm sure that collectively we're also having very similar dreams yes. with the similar underlying tones. Mm -hmm. It's totally true. Like, um, cause when I do my collective readings for, cause I do it on every Sunday, I do notice that there's similar themes that are relatable to my life. And then, Later that week, or even weeks down the line, I'm reading one-on-one -on -one with clients and everyone's somehow like connected in some way, like in their own unique way. And it just really shows that we all are vibrationally experiencing similar things, having similar feelings, but they're just projected in a different way that's unique to us. So that's really cool that you're using dreams to tap into that because um, I remember uh, there was a time I was having a lot of stress oriented dreams. And then, so my friends were having crazy dreams as well. And it's like, oh my God, we're all having crazy, crazy dreams. That's so odd. And then like in our own personal lives, we were going through um, huge amounts of stress and uh, friction. So it's, I never really thought about how um, our dreams can be synced up too, which I think is really mm -hmm. cool that you know, you're using tarot also as a channel with that. So it's so cool. <laughs> I like that you use synced up. That's definitely a great, a great way to look at it and to understand it. Um, because like what I see, the type of readings I see you do, and also there's many tarot readers out there that, that do readings for the collective. In a sense, they're kind of reading like the, the conscious energy of the collective mm -hmm. versus what I'm doing is more about, okay, what's beneath the surface, mm -hmm. the unconscious energy of yes. the collective. And that is what's being manifested in our dreams. Mm -hmm. And it's also really interesting too, because when I do my weekly readings, sometimes the reading just doesn't make sense to me. And I feel like I, I'm like, am I registering? Like, you know, is this right? Is this intuitively right? And then so many people message me and be like, oh my God, that like totally resonated and connected with me. And so it makes me feel, you know, good. It's like a weird way as being a tarot reader. And I'm sure you probably feel this too. Like sometimes you're hitting on something you can't quite fully understand mm -hmm. and grasp yet. And then once it's acknowledged by others, you're like, okay, I was onto something. And I'm sure dreams too are probably a little bit more <laughs> in depth than that. Yeah, for sure. And like one thing that I always uh, run into when I do readings for clients is I could 
I could understand something, but it's hard for me to explain it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the, the language to explain what it is that I'm trying to convey. And the same thing with dreams. That's why dreams are so real, like really cool to go into because dreams are not going to say, hey, it's, it's not like a narration. Mm-hmm. It's not like a majority is walking down the street and she looks at the sky and the stars are above her. No, like it will show it to you in symbols mm-hmm. and it will speak to you in symbols, very similarly to tarot. And for some reason, I understand it intuitively, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to explain it in words. I don't mm-hmm. have the words for it. So I will try the best that I can to explain mm-hmm. it, but I still know that it's not like the best translation it could be, but it clicks mm-hmm. because once we show a tarot card to someone, they will vibe or connect with the energy mm-hmm. nonetheless, and they will understand it intuitively too. Yes, definitely. Um, actually, speaking about tarot, is there a favorite card that you have? I honestly change favorite cards depending on the day. Um, when I was younger, when I, when I say younger, I mean like two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite card was the Four of Swords. Because, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Because at a time of my life, when I was in law school, I was so overwhelmed and tired and crying all the time that I kept getting the four of swords as a stalker card. So I ended up loving it because it meant to me like rest, you know, relax Mm -hmm. kind of concept. And at that time I was like, I can't relax. I have a midterm tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then as time goes on and certain experiences take place, I think that is when I change my cards. So Mm -hmm. for example, lately my favorite cards are actually the devil because I am really into shadow work Mm -hmm. and the death card. Okay. I'm still mourning and grieving the loss of my brother. So I am using the death card a lot of my, in my writing. Mm -hmm. I'm really um, sorry as well for the loss of your brother. I know that was um, very recent and my condolences. Um, And, you know, that's kind of, you know, good though, that you are healing through your craft. And I do want you to talk a little bit more about shadow work because I feel like shadow work is now becoming like the new meme that's going around on Twitter and or Twitter and on um, Instagram. And I feel like, okay, people don't really understand what shadow work really means and what it looks like. And can you kind of offer a little bit of insight on that? (laughs) Yeah. So shadow work is definitely another tool in my practice. Uh, The shadow archetype um, represents the dark side of one's personality that lives in the unconscious. A common example of the shadow is the strange case of Dr. Uh, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'm sure like everyone Mm -hmm. knows this. They probably seen it in TV and certain aspects of it in, in, in film um, where Dr. Jekyll takes a potion and essentially his ego, his persona, his consciousness takes a backseat mm-hmm. and it allows Mr. Hyde, his shadow to come to the forefront, run wild and cause mayhem. So to engage in shadow work is what I like to call have tea with your demons. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's to examine 
the parts of yourself that you will find ugly, evil, or taboo if society found out about it. And essentially, it is to confront yourself in the mirror and see all parts of who you are because there's parts of ourselves that we keep hidden Mm -hmm. and that we don't bring to the surface. Um, We wear certain masks in society Mm -hmm. and the shadow definitely exists underground, underground and then in the unconscious. And it comes up a lot in society through scapegoating. So Mm -hmm. kind of like, whether you might find certain aspects of another person repulsive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's technically an indication that your shadow is coming up. Mm -hmm. But overall, like it really is the demon in your closet that you've been hiding, whether you're conscious about it or not. Mm -hmm. And to engage in shadow work is to kind of bring those demons out on the table, sit with them, have a conversation with them and say, Hey, how can we make peace? And how can Mm -hmm. we coexist? Because if you don't integrate your shadow or if you don't allow your shadow to have a say once in a while, then that is where harmful actions and behavior will come about. Mm -hmm. This is where that scapegoating will will come in, for example, that I mentioned. Or maybe you start lashing out unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Um, So shadow work is great because to me, it it allows you to kind of see yourself as who you are completely 360 degrees Mm -hmm. and accept yourself Mm -hmm. 100%. It's just like, it's very, um, it's like you're bare, like you're naked in front of yourself and there's no, um, cause I've done a lot of shadow work. I was really called to do a lot of shadow work in 2019 and that year was just so transformative for me because in order to start, I guess, doing some shadow work, you have to be sick of your own shit. And you need to confront yourself and be like, you know what? Like, I keep on running into myself. Like, I keep on having, like, you know, these certain blockages or problems or issues. And the result of that is you. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, shadow work begins by being completely 100% authentically honest with who you are. And, the reason why shadow work is, I guess, maybe feared or, you know, people don't want to do it is because it's not an easy conversation. It's hard and Mm -hmm. you have to be fearless and strong to be like, you know what, I'm going to look at myself completely naked and, you know, deal with certain aspects of myself. I feel that are uncomfortable. 100% majority, you hit the nail on the head. And I find that in my practice, I am someone that kind of embraces the dark or the shadow. And I have experienced uh, folks who have kind of like been turned away by that, who Mm. kind of see it as not love and light, low vibrational, or what they might quote as dark or black magic, which I find problems with in terminology altogether. And for me, it's kind of like I am definitely someone that wants to embrace the fullness of the human experience. And unfortunately, the human experience is not all love and light, Mm -hmm. is not rainbows, is not your best self. We are going to experience our worst self the same way we are going to experience our best self. So for me, engaging in the shadow is an opportunity 
to talk about this aspect of human nature that I think it's so important that if we were to literally engage with, we will probably be less miserable. Mm -hmm. And not only that, we will probably be bomb as creatives. And I mm-hmm. love talking about creativity. I love talking about the imagination. And there is a connection between dream work and shadow work with um, the, the person um, that if we were to just take in the dreams or if we were to take in the medicine that comes up through shadow work, we could literally utilize that to transform our lives mm-hmm. and utilize um, the creativity that comes forth to make something with it. And I think creativity and imagination gives people purpose. Mm-hmm. It allows folks to kind of like find sustenance in a world that might seem so grim mm-hmm. um, and shadow work is a great opportunity to do so because unlike Dr. Jekyll, we don't want Mr. Hyde running around the world and causing mayhem. No. So a great way to allow <laughs> allow Mr. Hyde to exist is through writing, right? Explain who he is and through and through writing, write movies film movies about him so with folks who are running into the shadow and who are kind of feeling that contradiction or kind of feeling like hey maybe i shouldn't talk about these hard and difficult things my answer to that is yes you should you Mm -hmm. should talk about these difficult things they exist within you you cannot run away from them okay now how can we bring it to light in a way that is both effective um to society in the sense that you're not running amok and killing people and (laughs) and transformative and healing Mm -hmm. so it definitely is very uncomfortable for people to do shadow work which I understand because the things Mm -hmm. that come up are kind of scary yeah again there's so much transformation and magic to be gained there and also it just aligns you with, not only it aligns you back to yourself and your truth, but it aligns you with the right people in the right situations, job, home. And for me, um, when I started doing shadow work in 2019, um, it took like five, six months of like deep, deep, deep um, healing and facing. And like, it was um, just a practice I got used to. And it was totally so healing. And I remember I went to a meditation retreat. And during the meditation retreat, it was Mercury retrograde and it was uncomfortable because I realized that I wanted like a sense of peace and tranquility, but that's not what I needed in order to feel spiritually connected to who I was. And the work of your shadow, it's never over. (laughs) It's continual. But once I did immense shadow work for five, six months, I came out of it being so much more heightened. Like my senses and my awareness, my intuition was on another level, like my frequency change. And I started noticing the truth around me that I was blinded to with people in my life, like roommates at the time, with work, um, with other bad habits I had within like my own self. And that awareness caused disruption because in, t- in tarot, there's the tower card and that tower has to eventually fall. And that tower card, like everything completely um, shattered below my feet. And then COVID happened. And then now like a year later from that whole earth shattering awareness, my life is completely different than what it was. Like I never thought it was going to be the way it is now, but I wanted to get here. I just didn't know how, 
And it took embracing my shadow and doing the work and not, and like when people say, oh, I'm doing the work, I'm not saying like, you know, oh, I held a crystal and everything made it better. Like, no, <laughs> like I went through like hell back and forth to really get myself to like where I am now, but the work is still not done <laughs> for me or for no one. And, you know, I think social media just tries to sugarcoat what shadow work really is. And it's like, you won't really know until you're in it, you're in its grasp and you're actually being uh, consciously aware of wanting to be a participant, like an equal participant in that work. You can't just be half in, you have to be full in if you really want to change. And like, don't lie to your therapist. I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to therapy. It's like, you know, it's not hundred percent the same as well. It's like, yes, you can, you know, talk about your shadow, but are you facing it? Are you, you know, embracing it? Are you acknowledging it? Or are you just trying to run away from it and lie to make it feel better and sugarcoat it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of misconception and contradictions out there of what shadow work really is, but it's unique to everyone's own personal experience, but you have to be like truthful in that pursuit. Yeah. And I feel like during this pandemic, because it kind of forced people to kind of get out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. to maybe be more within the household by themselves, um, kind of bring out certain feelings and thoughts that probably didn't exist before to them or it it always existed here here I go it always existed (laughs) in their unconscious but they never actually sat down to have a conversation with themselves Mm -hmm. um so at least for me my shadow definitely came out during this quarantine in New York City and that came out um a lot when looking at my like authority figure looking at Mm -hmm. my boss looking at my mother Mm -hmm. and my relationship with those two figures and um I would say like I did find some sort of resentment or some sort of animosity that existed there and at some point I was like this is not okay the thoughts that are running through my head is not okay why is that and that's Mm kind of like that that started my um shadow work journey it is hard it is tough and I don't want folks to kind of think it's a one and done thing like majority said is something that happens throughout the rest of your life and you're going to continue doing it throughout the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and the more you keep doing it I guarantee you the more woke (laughs) you will be about who you are and that's a magical thing that's mm-hmm. a magical thing to stand in your own, to stand in your own power and to really, you know, say, this is me, this is all of me and kind of bring yourself to the table um, in all your honesty. Yeah. And I love that. And it's like accepting, you know, it's like, yeah, I have, you know, this is like a issue for me or this is an area of growth for me and accept that and work on it. And you don't have to do, like face your shadow every single day, but um, just having that awareness. But even just when you're out in public after taking some time away from yourself and just seeing how you interact with people and then how your senses are more heightened of like, oh, wow, like, you know, this person is, you know, could be like really disruptive or their energy is kind of weird. And it's like, well, you know, your shadow is recognizing, you know, something like, oh, okay. It's like, <laughs> I'm hinting at something. Um, and why is this uncomfortable? And yeah, it's just, you know, just figuring out a dialogue with that. And then also tarot can help with the shadow work as well, which I think is 
an, another um, way to utilize that relationship. It's like pulling some tarot cards and just see how it affects your shadow. Because if you're scared of certain tarot cards, <laughs> there's probably a reason why. If you don't like certain tarot cards, or you have like a negative um, reception of certain cards. It's probably because those areas in your life are shadows. And yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, the first card you like I thought of when you said that was the devil card, because you think about its relationship with religion and Christianity mm-hmm. and Catholicism. And if I were to bring this card up to someone that's really, I would say, who holds as a lot of faith and who holds the word of God and the Bible as, you know, whatever um you know they might see the devil card as something to be very scary Mm -hmm. and to me it's kind of like nah he's just a shadow archetype like he's not Mm -hmm. a big deal like he's just a shadow of god kind of concept um so for example that's an example of Mm -hmm. how the shadow at least in tarot definitely comes up and i mean all tarot cards have a shadow Mm -hmm. yeah but i don't think I think the devil kind of screams the loudest out of all of them. Mm-hmm. I actually recently pulled my favorite card reversed. And I always, sometimes like for me, when I'm reading reversals in tarot, it kind of can be the shadow, but sometimes even the upright is the shadow. And I'm yeah. like, I prefer the reverse, you know? Um, but I pulled uh, the queen of wands reversed the other day for myself. And I was like, wow, my favorite card's reversed, but it got me thinking, okay, you know, how am I, or how is my shadow trying to speak to me? You know, it's just like, it kind of brings up when you like pull some tarot cards, like, okay, why, what's the story here? What's the truth? And I, I love that. <laughs> I give you props for reading reversals. I don't read reversals. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, that's too complicated for me. But I mean, I guess it's the same way. Like the way I look at a card, I, I'm interpreting, interpreting upright energy or kind of like the shadow side of the card too, which mm-hmm. could kind of mean reversals. Um, but something about like looking at a different set of interpretation of the cards just kind of it's too much for my head to wrap around. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so with tarot, there's a devil card and like there's these transformational cards towards the end of the foolish journey in tarot, like the major arcana. So we have, you know, the devil, we have the tower. And we also have death too. Um, the death card is very transformative. And I know that right now you have a death workshop. Can you kind of talk to me about your workshop? And it's really cool. I find it super fascinating. So the death workshop that I am doing, it's a right to death workshop. So it is actually a blend of self-exploration regarding the concept of death and Mm -hmm. writing it out. And I have the pleasure of doing this workshop with Adriana Michelle, um, also known as the Death Alchemist. So if you're someone on Facebook, um, Instagram, Google, just Google the Death Alchemist, and that is her. Um, And the reason why we do this workshop is because I... I like the concept that we are kind of connected by Mm -hmm. death. Um, I think that the only thing promised in this world is death. And this this is where probably the love and light people, the spiritual bias passing people will have a problem with me. Because again, here I go about talking something that might seem dark. But to Mm -hmm. me, 
death isn't dark. It just is what it is. It is a natural consequence or not even a consequence, just a natural thing mm -hmm. that occurs in life. We all have our hands in it. We are all affected by it. And therefore, as a collective, it's all around us, mm -hmm. right? For me, I really got into this concept of writing about death um, recently because of the death of my brother. And it was kind of like a way for me to grieve, mm -hmm. to allow, my allow myself space to grieve and mourn. I'm not so much of a crier, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely a writer. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I get my feelings out. And when I started doing that and really embracing this concept of, okay, like, I'm like death is all around us, which is kind of like a, an existential crisis that I kind of had when I was thinking about my brother. I was thinking other folks must have must be going through the same thing as well. And I was also very interesting in learning what other people's views regarding death are, mm -hmm. because it's also a cultural thing. Mm -hmm, as well definitely mm -hmm. and that plays a role in how bodies when you're when you die are disposed of I don't like the word disposed but essentially mm -hmm. that what ha that's what happens and so the right to death workshop is a way for folks to tap into different writing techniques mm -hmm. to explore their views on death mm-hmm and so this workshop is taking place um, towards the end of the month. Um, definitely follow me on Instagram. I actually have the link to it um, on my Instagram and also my website if you want to snag a ticket. But you don't mm -hmm. have to be a writer to join. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Not at all. So do not be deterred if that's something that is stop stopping you. Um, honestly, take it kind of like as a therapy, intuitive journaling session, mm -hmm. and we will go through ritual and guided prompts to kind of like peek behind the veil and access the mystery as to what is death and what does mm -hmm. that mean? Yes, and um, there's actually this really awesome documentary series on Netflix. It's called, um, I think it's called After Death, is it? Surviving um, Death. Surviving Death, sorry, Surviving Death. And it is phenomenal. It just, like, we all know these things, but it's like kind of putting the puzzle pieces together of like, oh, wow, okay, like messages from our loved ones. Or like, there's so many different forms of communications and ways of responding to death and, um, you know, even our own. Um, like personal death. And I feel like with COVID, I was like confronted a lot with my, my death, like my life and my death. I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, it kind of, I felt put the conscious collective in that more of an awareness. And I just think death is, it's very beautiful, but it's also scary. You know, it's, <laughs> there's so many different things. And I never was one to really personally fear death because I felt like this is probably my third or fourth life, like in this, my soul. So I do feel personally, I believe in reincarnation, but you know, I have so much more life, you know, to live, but then it's like, we just don't know, like, or what if we don't? And it's just like, there's so much curiosity and just so much about death and how different cultures and religions portray death. And I think it's really cool, this workshop. Um, where can people find you and your work? 
So if you're interested in learning more about me and what I do, definitely visit my website at ultramagica.com. Mm -hmm. You could also find me on Instagram. That is actually where I am by and large on Instagram with the same handle, ultramagica. If you are looking to maybe get a tarot session where we focus on dream uh, work or even shadow work, I also mm -hmm. have those services. I have um, even tools. Um, for example, if maybe tarot is not your thing, but you really want to do the work on your own, I do have dream work candles, shadow work candles, and you could use the candles to set your own intentions and kind of guide your journey that way. Um, so definitely follow me through uh, both of those channels and I have workshops coming up like the right to death workshop. Mm -hmm. In addition, I also want to highlight that I have a poetry circle coming up for witches. Ooh, awesome. Um, so details are still in the making, but writing is definitely like my first love and tying it into the occult is bread and butter like mm -hmm. toast and butter <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's going to be a community offering it's going to be for free so I encourage anyone who has an interest in writing or an interest in the occult to join so in order to find more information on that just follow my Instagram for the magical little breadcrumbs Awesome. I love that so much. And um, all of the links to Crystal's um, workshops and social media will be in uh, the episode notes. So thank you so much. It was so great having you. This is so interesting and fascinating. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. I always admire you. I said this time and time again, and I will say it one more time and probably a million times hereafter. Um, Majori, you're honestly the best, and I love seeing you grow into the witch that you are. And just thank you for providing a platform for people like me to kind of say hello to the world. Oh, you're so sweet. And I love seeing you grow as well, um, which is supporting witches. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So um, thank you so much and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye everyone.